Yes. Coming to you from the Dominican Republic, Samana. I am uh, right here on the beach, strumming some tunes, laying in the hammock. Uh, between the, our pool and the, and the beach, you can hear the waves in the background. I'm watching the fishermen go in and out. And if you check on our Twitter page, you'll see, you'll see the fishermen going in and out. And you'll see a photo of the hammock. And that's where I am. This is a hammock side pool ca- uh, podcast, right? So as I said, we're down here in the Dominican. We're going to be down here for the next few weeks. And I just wanted to get some live casts in and do some catching up. We were about eight or nine days removed from the Oscars. So I thought it was time to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Joe Burrows again. And um, and some other and, and a very interesting encounter I had on the Guagua. So, so let's kick it off with Joe Burrows. So if you're from Cincinnati or if you watch NFL football, if you pay attention to football at all, you know, Cincinnati, uh, because we're so bad, the Bengals get the first pick in the draft, and and the consensus is we're going to draft Joe Burrows. But every week, especially on ProFootballTalk.com, every week somebody has a new idea of whether Burrows wants to come here or not. And um, quite frankly, I can't wait for the draft to get over with because uh, either he is or he isn't. And now they're saying he's going to pull on Eli Manning, which Eli didn't want to go to another team, so he held out. He ended up at the Giants and won two Super Bowls. But I don't know if Burroughs is that type of guy. I don't know. His father said he isn't, but you know what you know you know what that means. Uh, they could say anything before, but I'm I'm getting a little tired of the, some of the outlets trying to make it sound like the Bengals are so horrible that Burroughs wouldn't want to come to the Bengals. But Bengals have been have been bad the last few years but we did go to the playoffs five years in a row so that's more than some of the teams in our division we just haven't been able to get over the hump but um, I don't know we'll see but I can't wait till the draft's over and then we'll finally know and we can get rid of this ridiculous Joe Burrows talk it says it's enough of that is enough the other thing going on in sports right now uh, how about the Houston Astros right I mean, they flat out cheated, won the World Series, and people want them to give the uh, World Series rings back. So get this. The commissioner of baseball, in an unbelievable statement, said, taking a piece of metal back from the team is a waste of time. So he's literally reducing the trophy, the World Series trophy, to a piece of metal. And he's the commissioner. So, I mean, go figure that out. But... Speaking of trying to figure stuff out, like I said, we're about nine days removed from the Oscars, and uh, I think it was about time the Core Extra Podcast talks about the Oscars. Now, let me give you full disclosure with me and the Oscars. I'm not a big Oscars person. We don't do a Oscars prediction like everybody else does because I, I don't really see the value in it. Uh, I've been kind of soured on the Oscars since. I'm going to go all the way back when Whoopi Goldberg didn't win for uh, The Color Purple. But then she won for Ghost. And I challenge anyone to watch those two performances and tell me that her performance in Ghost was better than Color Purple. Uh, I mean, it was a makeup Oscar, the Oscar for Ghost. They should have given it to her for, for Color Purple. 
if, if they're going to nominate her for it. And I'm just saying, if, if she's nominated for both of them, she should win. Uh, she should have won for, um, of the two performances, she should have won for Color Purple. That's all I'm saying. So you go back. When you have nothing to do, watch The Color Purple and then watch Ghost. And tell me how Whoopi Goldberg won for Ghost and not Color Purple. Um, later on, much later on, a few years later, unbelievably, Catherine Zeta-Jones won for Chicago over Renee Zellweger. Catherine Zeta-Jones was barely in Chicago, and somehow she won. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, Denzel not winning for Malcolm X. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. But anyway, the Oscars to me are have lost their shine a long time ago. Not to sound like a cranky old man, but another one just popped in my head. Angela Bassett in uh, the Tina Turner pick. Uh, What's Love Have to Do With it? I think that was the name of it. Couldn't believe she didn't win for that. But anyway, I could go on and on. But let's talk about these Oscars. A couple of notable things. First and foremost, Parasite won everything. <laughs> you know, uh, directed by Boone Jun Ho. Who is a, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, Parasite deservedly won uh, some awards, uh, uh, most notably, of course, Best Picture. And it's one of the few, if not, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going by memory here, but I don't remember. Oh, I think Life is Beautiful was a foreign language film, and it won. Uh, but I know Bellini won for Best Actor, at least. But uh, anyway, uh, it's one of the few uh, um, foreign language films to win. Um, best picture and it it was very deserved it was very deserved i thought it was really good um i had been burned years ago because i went to see bug with ashley judd and there was no bug in it spoiler alert there's no bug in bug so when i saw parasite i didn't even read about it i didn't even read about it i knew nothing about it i knew who directed it because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Snowpiercer that came out in 2013. I'm also a big fan of Memories of Murder. Uh, I think that's from 2002 or 2003. And those are both by uh, Boon Joon-ho. So I, was, I figured I knew how it was kind of how it was kind of um, how, how the movie was going to go because I'm a big fan of his. But I had no idea what the reference to Parasite was. All I saw was a lot of people on um, on Twitter saying, oh, we have to see Parasite, we have to see Parasite. So I would purposely uh, not read much about it or not read about it at all because I wanted to go in blind. And I, and I, was, and I was glad I did. Uh, I know there's probably some people listening that, that haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil it at all. But uh, it's, it was very well-deserved. Um, best picture in my opinion of course um, like I said I'm a big fan of Memories of Murder, Snowpiercer uh, even all the way back to 2006 I think it was The Host came out and that was another one by Boon Joon-ho which I really enjoyed um, one of his you know I have to be honest one of his I just couldn't get into was Mother from just a few years ago I think it was 2009 or so Oh, oh no I could be wrong about the date, but no. Um, couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle that one. But after last year's abomination in Best Picture, uh, what was it, Green Book won? Um, 
which I just couldn't believe. I even have a list of what Green Book was up against last year. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, The Favorite, A Star is Born, Vice, and last but not to be the least is Roma. Those were the films that Green Book was up against last year. And Green Book won Best Picture. Now, some of these, like A Star is Born is not my favorite. I've seen all versions of Star is Born, Born going all the way back to like 1936, 37. I've seen them all. And I didn't need to see it again. Uh, I did see it, and it was, yeah, you know, it was A Star is Born. But Roma, Green Book, I challenge you. I challenge you. Watch Green Book and watch Roma and tell me how Green Book won. So, again, another Oscar, not surprising, Oscar going to, you know, I have my own feelings of why Green Book won. We won't get into them here. That's another episode. But I couldn't handle it last year. But this year I was pleasantly surprised. Didn't watch the Oscars. Um, I haven't watched the Oscars forever, but especially being down here, in Dominican Republic, uh, we have no live TV feeds. I have to watch everything like on an app the day after. And I wasn't going to sit through three hours after I already knew who won. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, uh, something else, uh, switching gears on the Oscars, something else that happened at the Oscars that I have to comment on is, is Natalie Portman. Did you see the, um, the, the not controversy, but the issue, what Natalie Portman did is she wore a um, she had a coat or a dress or some kind of uh, garment I think it was an overcoat and she had stitched in it the names of all the female directors that weren't nominated this year and I guess this was like the 8th or ninth time in the last 10 years that no female directors were were nominated so Natalie Portman was trying to bring um bring attention to that issue but here's here's the part that made it controversial somebody a lot of people brought up including rose mcgowan they she brought up that well you know natalie portman is has her own production company and that company has only hired one female director and that that was natalie portman <laughs> so, and she hasn't worked for um any female directors other than other than um, herself or maybe one more but but uh, Natalie Portman fires back and says, well, she's had a lot of projects. She said, I've had a lot of projects with female directors that never got greenlit or never went past short stories or never went past uh, ideas. So, so um, that's her comeback to that. Now, the reason I bring that up at all, well, two reasons. Number one, to, to highlight the issue. But number two is I've had a chance to meet Natalie Portman two or three times. And she seemed like the most genuine, uh, nicest star I've probably ever met. Um, uh, I uh, lived in the same area as one of her relatives and at the time. And, and I would see her from time to time, maybe two or three times, right before Black Swan, uh, I saw her. And, um, and had a chance to talk to her one-on-one -on -one very, very briefly, but she seemed like a very genuine person. So I give her props for bringing it up, um, and hopefully she'll do better um, with her part in the future, right?
I mean, that's really all, all I wanted to say about that. But I, again, I bring it up because Natalie Portman was always cool to meet and talk to. Uh, speaking of meeting people, so I think last year I told you guys I was when you're down here in the Dominican, the way you get around is on a, a public transportation. It's called a guagua. A G-U-A space G-U-A. Guagua. I don't know what that translation is, but maybe somebody can help me with that. So what the guagua is, and if you call, I actually did a um, podcast from the guagua last year. So please go to our page and search through and find that. It was the same time last year, February or March. So uh, just a quick recap. The guagua is like a uh, four-door pickup truck and in the in the bed of the truck in the back they have reinforced bars and you have a kind of a cover and uh, they have wooden planks and you get in there and ride and it's very cheap to ride and you meet a lot of interesting people on the guagua Um, personally i like meeting the locals and talking to the locals uh, when i can brushing up on my espanol which is not good my espanol is piquito uh it's not good but i um I like to catch up on it and like to talk to the locals. So this year, I met an interesting guy on the, on the Guagua. So I'm coming from Las Galeras, heading back to Samaná, okay, on the Guagua. This guy gets on, and we start talking. And, and when you meet somebody that can speak English, you say, oh, where are you visiting from? And so we started chatting a little bit, and I asked him what brought him here. And he was actually a judge in the Samana Film Festival. So, of course, I get his name. His name is Flavio Florencio. Apologize if I'm not saying it right. Um, Flavio Florencio. And Flavio is a uh, documentary, documentary director, and probably his, his uh, most well-known documentary was, uh, is called Made in Bangkok from 2015. So he was the actual guy. Uh, that did Made in Bangkok, and that's highly acclaimed. Uh, you can look that up on uh, Internet Movie Database, and you can look him up. Um, you know, he has a few few documentaries to his credit, but that was his highly acclaimed one. I didn't personally see it, but I remember the talk about it at the time. But uh, Flavio was a really nice guy. He's a really cool guy. So, of course, I had to ask him, um, what are you working on now? You know, I want to get the core extra exclusive, right? So... He told me, and I can't go into details, but I will tell you that um, he has two interesting projects coming up. One, he's going to be in uh, Greenland coming soon, producing a documentary uh, with with locals. I'll just leave it at that uh, on on a very timely subject. He's going to go up there and uh, work with um, some local people and write a documentary and get that produced. And then he's going to follow that up with a documentary on a legendary singer from uh, the United States. And I'll just leave it at that. But uh, two great projects coming up by Flavio. So we're going to follow him and uh, I'm going to keep in touch with him and see when we can give more information about release dates. And uh, uh, both of these things will not be uh, uh, released before 2021. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're in the early stages, but uh, maybe this time next year, 
maybe a little later next year. But he is going to uh, keep me in the loop on that. He's going to keep me in the loop on what's going on. Uh, but yeah, he was a judge in the Samanov Film Festival, which I missed. I missed. I had been talking to some people down here about getting involved in it this year and podcasting live from the Samanov Film Festival, but uh, we couldn't get the travel arrangements and the lodging arrangements worked out. Uh, but next year, uh, I'm going to keep that in mind and, and try to get down here for that and uh, maybe do a live podcast from that because that would be really interesting. And I don't really know much about it. Um, I've read some stuff about it, but it was not something that I'm well versed in. So I'm going to have to get up to date because um, down here in the Dominican Republic, particularly the side that we're on in Samana is great for filming because it's a lot of remote areas and a lot of local backdrop opportunities and a lot of scenic opportunities here. Um, Like I said on our Twitter, you can go and see the... um, you can go and see the hammock that I'm broadcasting from right now. I've just been sitting here uh, strumming some tunes in the hammock and um, making up some tunes and and getting some good uh, acoustic guitar practice in. Hear me in the background here. So, um, producing some exclusive music, you know, for our for our podcast. Um, but yeah, go check that out. You'll like that. But that's my take on the Oscars. Um, that's my take on the Oscars. That's my take on Flavio. A uh, real nice guy. I encourage you guys to look him up. Uh, he seemed like a really genuine guy. I did want to back up to a quote that uh, Boon Jun Ho said after winning uh, some awards. And I thought this was a, a um, interesting quote. He said, once you overcome the one-inch barrier of subtitles, you will be you will be introduced to so many more amazing films, and I think that's very accurate. I have seen uh, some of the some of my favorite movies, and some of the um, most entertaining movies I've seen uh, have were a welcome relief from what I call some some of the cookie cutter movies in Hollywood. Oh, I'll give you an example. Um, I saw this film. Now, this is, and I'm going to use this film because I had a deja vu, a hashtag deja vu, as deja v i e w, which is when you watch a film and you think you've seen it before in another form or fashion, right? So, way back in 2003, I saw this movie, uh, foreign films called Hot tension or high tension it was italian i saw it in italian it was dubbed or in britain it was released as switchblade romance so if you're listening in the uk uh, you might remember it as switchblade romance so i'm watching this thing it's kind of a horror show with um with um serial killer on the loose i'm being very general here but while i'm watching it i think i've seen it before so i'm thinking Oh, well, you know, some American studio ripped it off or or maybe even a Korean studio ripped it off or it's a rip off of a Korean movie. That's what I'm thinking when I'm watching it. Right. Because I watch a lot of Korean horror. Well, um, turns out I had just read the book Intensity by Dean Koontz. And it was basically 
the same story. So I go on the web, and this is a few years ago, I go on the web and look it up, and every, not everybody, but a lot of people are saying the same thing. It's, that's Dean Koontz's intensity. So I kind of had a deja view, and it was related to a book and a movie. Um, but it was foreign. What, what led me to it was it was a foreign film, and I, and I very much so enjoy foreign films with the subtitles. I can get past the subtitles. Some people don't like to read them. doesn't bother me at all. I've seen some uh, films on Netflix where I've uh, had to use the subtitles. And um, it doesn't take away from, to me, it doesn't take away from the film at all to me. Maybe I'll do a list of my favorite uh, foreign films and subtitles uh, because there's a few of them. Of course, my, probably one of my number ones is Cinema Paradiso from way back in 1989, maybe, maybe 1990. It's an Italian film, Cinema Paradiso. Oh, if you haven't seen that, if you're a movie lover, you have to see that, period. Then, of course, Audition that I just talked about in horror movies, Japanese uh, horror Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's Japanese or Korean uh, horror. Uh, you have to see that one. But anyway, but my whole point was get, get over the subtitles. If you, don't, if, 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 you, if you can't get past them, at least watch the movie in the dubbed version. But the dubbed version, the, the, um, the, the inflection and, and the real meaning of the words get lost in translation to me. A good example of that is uh, Casa de Papel, which was released on Netflix as uh, The Heist. It's a Spanish uh, series. Uh, I think they have two seasons out about a group of criminals that want, that um, broke into the Spanish equivalent of the U.S. Treasury, right? Great series. Really entertaining. Great series. Novel concept and everything. But I watched three or four episodes and they were in Spanish. And then I accidentally... Uh, didn't hit the right button and I start watching it in the English dub version and I had to turn it off and go back and put it on in Spanish uh, because it, it really took away from it uh, in my opinion so but that's another one to watch the heist on Netflix you know but um, but high tension yeah high tension or switchblade romance is basically the Dean Koontz book intensity and I'm a big fan of Koontz uh, and that was basically the uh, the same thing. Well, that's what I have today on this mini episode um, of the Core Extra Podcast. You know, as usual, I thank you guys for listening. And we are down here uh, living the local life. And just just earlier today, we walked up to the convenience store, which they call Calmados down here. And it's a Calmado in every neighborhood. And we walked up there to get some mosquito repellent. And um, you'd be surprised how how easy it is to communicate when you can't speak the language by by, by hand motions and and uh, and uh, writing down on pieces of paper, drawing little pictures. Uh, it's not that I don't want to learn the language; I am learning it. But um, you know, the same in the United States when people come from other countries and can't speak the language, we speak it so fast, and they speak it so fast, sometimes um, it's hard to catch on. But it's also funny that they do the same things that Americans do uh, when they're talking to us. 
it, they think if they say it, the words slower and louder, we'll understand it. Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> so, but um, we're working on it. We're going to be down here for a while. So we're working on it. We have uh, some podcasts planned from uh, the Carnival on February 27th. We're going to be broadcasting live from Carnival. That is the Dominican Independence Day. Big party. We were there last year. We didn't podcast last year. It was a little bit too hectic, <laughs> a little chaotic. But this year we have some plans. We're going to be uh, doing some live podcasts from there. Maybe maybe even go live on um on our Facebook so I'm going to have to make sure you guys all have our Facebook information before then we haven't been that active on our Facebook lately but we're going to get back active on it because I may even do a live feed from the Facebook if we can get some uh, internet uh, but we were counting down to February 27th you know and counting down to the Joe Burrows draft right so a lot of countdowns going on down here so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to open this bottle of President Presidente Cerveza, which is beer. I'm going to kick back, enjoy that, enjoy the 80-degree weather, and I'm going to send my best wishes up to all of you who are suffering in the cold, which I just was because I was in Antarctica. And I'm going to sit here and strum out some tunes, enjoy a cerveza, and watch the waves. All right, I'll leave you with the sounds of the ocean. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Core Extra Podcast. Check us out on social media. And as always, we appreciate your patronage. All right. Have a good one, everybody. The sounds of the ocean.